going to start a series today called, I have an announcement. On your chairs or on your tables, there's some cards. I would love for you to pass them out. Everybody in this room gets a yellow card, a red card, and a green card. Everyone in the room gets one of each. So grab a packet, yellow card, a red card, and a green card. And this is what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to take a look at your cards, and the green is going to represent good news. This is really, really good. The red is going to represent bad news. And the yellow is going to represent, eh, eh. It's either not good news, not bad news, or inconsequential, or it might be news that doesn't involve you or that you don't care about. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through a couple, I have a couple announcements that are coming. I have a whole slide, several announcements that are coming. And what you're going to do and what we're going to collectively do is at the announcement, you're going to choose one of your colors and you're going to raise it up high. You're going to say, that is good news. And I want to see how many of you, when you hear this news, believe in your heart and your soul in the very depths of your being that that is good news. Or you might look at that news and say, nah, who cares? Doesn't involve me. Okay, it might be important to somebody, but it's not... Or you might look at that news and go, that's really bad. That is horrible news. Any questions? Are you with me? Everybody's going to participate. You have no idea how excited I am about this. <laughs> you just won the lottery. Now, take a look around. Yellow? We, <laughs> we have one red back here. <laughs> Maybe he's... Yes? Nice. Uh, do you mind sharing why red? I don't want the responsibility of the lottery. Okay, most of you, green. Excited about it. Oh, I'm sorry. That actually wasn't the news. The news was, I won the lottery. Oh, okay, more yellow, more yellow. Yeah, see, when I win the lottery, you don't, ca you don't care about me, do you? You don't care that I won the lottery. More, <clears throat> more tacos? That's right. Hey, Spark got an anonymous donation of $15 million. Roberto, we need you every week. Right, exactly. Tacos every single week. All right, good job. Green, you just got laid off. Red, red, green. Green, green. I, I was thinking of you when I made this slide, Jimmy. Green, green. What? Wait, wait. A lot of bad news, some inconsequential news. You're a contractor. He's like, oh, okay, I'll just find something else. And then some green news. Jimmy, do you mind sharing why? I'm sorry to put you guys on the spot like this. Why? Or, and if you don't want to share, that's okay. I want to be sensitive. Stressful time. I get the severance. I can go home. Ah. Oh. Your car just got totaled. Red, 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 bad news. Nah, nah. Green, <laughs> green. <laughs> what? It depends on which car, right? If your car, your only car gets totaled, a lot of red, but some of you are like, please, somebody total my car, and please have insurance, right? Rent just went up. Cost of living just went up. Green, yellow. A lot of pain in this room. A lot of pain in this room. 
the Dakota Pipeline project has just been halted. For those of you who've been watching the news, okay? Inconsequential, a lot of good news. Carrie Fisher has passed away. Bad news, inconsequential. Yeah, it's people pass away. Interesting. This is one of my favorite pieces of news. The FAA bans all Samsung Galaxy Note 7 devices on all flights. Inconsequential, good news, good news, bad news, bad news, inconsequential. Why inconsequential? I don't know. Anybody have bad, any have the red? No? Oh. The Cubs win the World Series. Good news? I see we have a lot of sports apathists. <laughs> right, because any team can have a bad century. Okay. All right, I, how many more of these? Okay, this is, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> uh, Howard's not here. Howard, if you're listening to this talk later on, I'm thinking of you. The Cavaliers win the 2016 NBA championship. <laughs> a lot of bad news. Some good, ah, there it is. Good news here. Good news, bad news. Yeah, I've just created... Uh, oh, two bad newses. Yeah, some good, some good news. Yeah, I'm creating hate in the room. I'm just bringing it out. <laughs> hey, if we if you can't be real at church, here's some news. I love this exercise. You know, every single one of these pieces of news causes for every single one of us a different emotion, a different reaction. But if you took a look around the room, what's fascinating, what's true about news is this. News, as far as good or bad value, is not intrinsically good or bad. The good or the bad of what that news is, is highly dependent upon your context, where you're coming from, what you believe, what you hope for. You winning the lottery. Some of you are like, yes, all this money. Um, but one of you is like, ah, uh, the responsibility. Maybe because you've heard about all the people that have won the lottery and then gone bankrupt. That's not necessarily good news for some, even though it sounds like good news. You just lost your job. You got laid off. And I have talked to people that that would be the worst news. You don't know where you're going to find your next meal. You live paycheck to paycheck. But for somebody else, that very news actually means freedom, liberation. I get a severance. I get less stress in my life. life. I, I know that I can jump somewhere else. Uh, and every single one of these pieces of the puzzle is news, but it is good depending upon who you are, where you're from, Bad, depending upon who you are, where you're from. This whole Samsung deal has just been hilarious to me. I've been on a couple planes recently, and, you know, in addition to, you know, here are the exits and this is, oh, and by the way, if you have a Samsung, it's kind of like, you know, an Apple advertisement every single time I get on an airplane, right? Because I'm thinking to myself, if you're Samsung, this is really bad news. And, of course, they're having to go through all sorts of changes and developments, and many of you guys follow tech news. But if you're Tim Cook and Apple... This news started hitting right as the iPhone 7 emerged. So what might be good news for somebody is bad news for somebody else. And what may be news, really exciting, brilliant, joyous news for you, may be really inconsequential for somebody else. This is some news, I think you'll enjoy this, that I found on my Facebook page from some people that some of you know. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Ben. 
This is my wife, Holly. These are staff we members of mine when I was at King's Academy. One, two, three, let's go. So he goes through this song. January, February, March, April, May. Talks about all the things July. that happened in 2016. Well, and then he gets What did we her. do in July? What? what? No, seriously, what did we do in July? What did we do in July? Yeah, what did we do in July? Do in July? Yeah, do in July. Do in July. Do in July. Holly, that reminds me. Yeah? We're due in July. We're having a baby in July. I'm going to be a father. I'm going to be a mom. One, two, three, four. <laughs> Somehow we're going to be a mom and dad. Somehow. I don't know <laughs> if it's going to be bad. But I think it's going to be pretty good. And our child's going to be awesome. I don't know, but I hope it's the best. That didn't rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> now, for some of you, it's like, okay, it's a nice announcement. But for me, when I hear this announcement, something stirs within my soul. I got to meet Ben while Holly was dating him. Um, I got to counsel with them. I got to hire him. Then I got to marry them. Then I got to be their supervisor and work in some of the best work that we've we've done at the King's Academy. I have this story that goes way back to the very, very beginning of the Ben and Holly story. And so for you, it's a wonderful announcement. It might be a little entertaining. For me, there's depth, there's meaning, there's like the, all this history. And I was texting them last night and said, hey, do you mind if I use this for, for the sermon? And they're like, yeah, that's totally cool. You know, what's it about? I say, I'll keep you in suspense. You'll find out later. But something stirs within me. Because for me, that news has history. Friends, this is what news is. Good, bad, history pulls together all sorts of emotions. And sometimes news can even be exciting and terrifying and reminds us of our disappointments as well. This is what news is. News, when it comes, is all sorts of things to all sorts of people, even if it's the exact same announcement. Are you with me? Now, why is this important? Today we're starting a series entitled, I Have an Announcement, the good news back then of Jesus as the good news today. And you're going to hear this word good news quite a bit over the next couple weeks. Now, the word that we often use for good news is the word gospel. This is something that we know. It's been used for all sorts of different definitions. Of course, gospel music. It's a genre of music. There are organizations that center themselves around this word gospel. Uh, there's even a lot, of course, memes and different sentiments for those of us who think or who have grown up maybe at the church as a Christian in evangelicalism about what the gospel is. And then the gospel is kind of this euphemism for a, a phrase that means really, really true. It is the gospel truth. And so this word gospel that we have in our modern usage is, is used for all sorts of different things. But fundamentally, as we ask the question, what is the gospel? It was originally way back then, and even etymologically, meaning the beginning of the root of the word, just simply meant a good story. It was good news. God spell, or God spell, however you want to spell it, just simply meant good news. Now that means two things. First, it means it was news. 
It was an announcement about something that was happening or something that happened. And the second thing is that it was good. But as we talked about before, it was good only because the people that heard the news that then passed it on, they thought it was good. But as we just did the exercise here, we're going to find out that there were some people who thought this news that these early Christians celebrated and passed down to us that we celebrate as the good news, they didn't think it was good news. They thought it was bad news. Which is why today the title is The Bad News About the Good News, Part 1. The word in Greek that is used in uh, the New Testament is the word euangelion. And that prefix u is that word for good, and that suffix angelion is the word for message or for news. And it's where we get our modern word, evangelical. And for those of us who have been paying attention about our own history, yes, you can get a field guide too. Yes, thought some of you would, would appreciate that. For those of you who've been raised under evangelicalism or even just paying attention to modern news, you know that this word evangelical has been used quite a bit to describe a demographic, a group of people, a certain religious sect, all sorts of different things. So this is part of the reason why we want to talk about what does that word mean? Where did it come from? Why is it important? Why do some people still use it? And if we could get back to some of that, maybe that could inform a little bit of what's going on and how we should be regrounded or reconstructed in this original good news. Some of you will notice that the euangelion sounds a lot like the word angel, which is exactly correct. Because an angel is somebody who brings a message. And this is actually the pictures that you get when you search the word for angel. But what I'd like to do today is switch it up. I'd like for you, from this moment on, whenever you think of the good news, or the news about Jesus, or the news that we are carrying on and passing on, I don't want you to think of angels. I want you to think of this guy right here. I'm announcing something that has happened. A reporter. As I mentioned before, good news for one could possibly be bad news for another. This shouldn't surprise us. I thought about starting in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, what are often known as the Gospels, but it makes sense actually to start with this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where Paul writes this. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. What? Foolishness? Yeah, foolishness. This news that you and I were in this tradition of, and that Paul is deeply in, is not good news to those who are perishing. It is great news to those who are being saved from the injustice and the oppression and the life that is that they're living as a result of powers being corrupt. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate, which is a quote from Isaiah 29. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made the foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world, through its wisdom, did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand a sign. Greeks demand a wisdom. There's all these different people. There's all these different 
demographics that demand certain things for their faith, for their salvation, for their uh, validity. But we preach Christ crucified, a dead Messiah. And this is what it is. To one group of people, it's a stumbling block. To another group of people, it's foolishness. But to another group of people, those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, by the way, which is a way of saying anybody and everybody, it is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The same news to some people is good, to other people, it's not so good. Recently in the news, we've been having some conversation about what does this word evangelical mean. And there are so many examples. I just picked one because I thought it was a very prominent one. Religion News Services published an article by Russell Moore. He's the director of the Religion and Ethics uh, Commission for the Southern Baptist uh, denomination. And he had this fairly provocative title that many of us perhaps resonate with or maybe others don't. Don't call me an evangelical. And here's what the article, one of the clips from the article said. Moore started introducing himself as a, here's the key word, gospel Christian, good news Christian, a few weeks ago. That's because, he said, the word evangelical has become almost meaningless this year. And in many ways, the word itself is at the moment subverting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Put another way, Preston Yancey said, so I guess I'm not an evangelical because I'm not whatever the hell this is. Last night I was also having a conversation, as I mentioned, Janelle and Andrew. <laughs> I'm mentioning their names because they want credit for this. We were having a wonderful conversation. I was just asking them, so where do you go to church? They live in San Francisco, and they were telling me about the church. And then I said, do you like it? Do you not like it? You know, I'm in the biz, and so let's have a conversation about it. And Janelle, <laughs> and Janelle said something to me last night that just struck with me. She said, you know, I... I grew up in the church, and uh, she's really good friends with Danielle and I, and so we, we talk about faith a little bit, and, and she and Andrew are, have a, a, a beautiful faith uh, Christian journey and, and all that stuff. And she's, but I, I don't know. I just don't go anymore. I don't get as much out of it. And she said, the reason is because I'm not so sure if it's dealing with real life. I'm not so sure. That, I mean, the messages, they're good, but ultimately what they are, they are prescriptions. Prescriptions. What a great phrase. You come to church and you hear, here are the three things you should do to make sure that you get your marriage in line. Here are the five steps towards more joyful living. Here are the two things that you should confess to avoid going to hell. And as a result of just, there's so much that she said last night that was just like uh, filling me with a, a new perspective. I was thinking, if the gospel, the good news the good news that we proclaim that is in our tradition is fundamentally a prescription for overcoming an ailment or overcoming a sin or overcoming some sort of uh, wretchedness in your heart, then the end result, and she said this, is I feel like if I don't take my prescription, then I'm a bad evangelical. I'm a bad Christian. 
which then got, falls into this vicious cycle of, well, I've heard it all before, and I don't know if I want to do it anymore, but then if I don't do it, I feel like worse and worse and worse. And it's this constant cycle. I was listening to a podcast where one gentleman was talking about how he could never measure up to the holiness and the goodness of God, and his entire church experience has been, I'm not good enough, so I might as well just not be. Is this the good news? Does that sound good to you? This is my question. <laughs> yeah. Class participation. Now, before I go too far into this, I want to say there are some wonderful and beautiful things about our tradition, the evangelical tradition. I've heard a lot of people talk about evangelical comes from this word good news, and it has really beautiful roots and beautiful means. But when I think about evangelicalism and the word good news, and I think about the word gospel, this to me is what it sounds like. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The Bible says there's not a person that doeth good, no, not one. Is your heart right? Is your heart right? Is your heart right? Would you like to have a new heart? And in a flash, if you are willing to renounce and confess and acknowledge that you've sinned against God, you're willing to accept God's diagnosis of your heart. You're willing to accept the fact that your heart is sinful, that it's deceitful, that you've sinned against Him. You're willing to acknowledge it and you're willing to renounce and turn from your sins. And you're willing to come to Christ who died on the cross and rose again. Then He will give you a new heart and you will go back to your shop, back to your office, back to your home, back to your responsibilities to live a new life. The gospel is vertical. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, a right heart, but it's also horizontal. Thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. And when your heart is right, you have the ability, the capacity to love your neighbor properly, but not till then. You know, I want to respect uh, Dr. Billy Graham. I know people that have actually come to faith as a result of his ministry. And there was an era and a time for many of us in this room, many of us listening to this, where the if you, if you, if you was exactly what we needed. It, it was a time and a moment for our lives to get grounded and for us to rediscover a little bit more uh, spiritual direction in our lives. And this was obviously from a different era and a different time. But our study is going to take us a little bit more forward and try to layer on top of those realities another bigger reality which is that this is not about how you need to get your heart right. This is about how there's an announcement of something that happened in this world that transforms everything, of which your heart getting right is a part of, and you get to be participants in what this good news is. So, when I used to think about the good news and the gospel, I used to hear that voice in my head. But now when I think about the gospel, not only do I hope that you don't see angels anymore with wings, but a little newsboy telling, hey, big announcement, I also hope you hear this.
Live from Palo Alto at 4.45 p.m. I have an announcement, right? This is what it is. When this news happened, it wasn't about how you, 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 you. It was like, okay, people, I got to tell you something. The Cavaliers just won the NBA championships. And some people celebrate. <laughs> and other people thought, this is not good news. This is what this series is about trying to reclaim and recapture what was it. And does that good news then mean anything for what we're going through today? So what's the news? In brief, it's very simple. The news is Jesus. The news is that there was a Jesus who lived, who taught, and he died, he was buried, and then he resurrected. That's the news. So next time somebody says the gospel is you're a sinner and you need to repent, and if you don't repent, you can take a step back and say, well, that might be true as a piece of the puzzle. But fundamentally, what is the good news when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and the letters of Paul? The news, the news, the announcement, the breaking news at 10 o'clock is that somebody rose from the dead. In other words, the gospel is about something that happened. It's an event that happened in history. And our identities and our faith journey is rooted and grounded in that event. And over the course of the series, I want to flesh out and pull out all of the beauty and the nuance and the complexity and the mystery of what does that event actually mean for how we live in this particular place. Because to them, what it meant was the kingdom of God, which is a technical term that we can get into, but ultimately that God actually is in charge of this world, and that he is working through us to restore the world, the brokenness and the power structures, and that my citizenship is not submitted to whoever crazy person might happen to be on the throne. My citizenship is ultimately in heaven. So these people found their identity and their faith in that event that transformed everything about how they saw the world. And it was good. Why? Because this guy right here during the time of Jesus and during his uh, death and resurrection, when he heard this news, uh uh-uh, excuse me? Uh, We crucify people because we're in charge and we have power. You're telling me somebody rose from the dead from a crucifixion? That must mean that my power is not everything that I thought that it was. Good news to this guy is bad news. Good news to this guy is like, what are you talking about? Why would anybody want to rise from the... Why would you want to put this stuff back on, this flesh and this bones and this very grotesque and... Don't you want to be in the spirit? And uh, This doesn't make any sense. Foolishness to the Greeks and to the Sadducees, and to the Pharisees who were in power, that said, we control the temple. We control all of your religious activities. We control exactly how you move spiritually and how you are right with God. This news broke open everything, tore down, for those of you who know the story, tore down the veil, and said, no, 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 no. The religiously powerful that use and abuse their positions and their stature to gain and to control the people— That no longer exists. Jesus' death and resurrection overcomes that, which means you now have direct access with God. Your citizenship is secure in that. So to the Pharisees, to the Sadducees, to the religiously powerful, and even to those today who are in positions of religious power, this good news might mean bad news for them. 
because you're not in control. And by the way, complete side note, all of the disruption that is going on for those of us who have been paying attention to faith and evangelicalism, this is exactly what's going on. The people that were in power, the denominations, those who had control, don't have it anymore. And an entirely new spirit is rising up because it's good news for those of us who are going, wait a second, there might be a different way to think about justice and mercy and compassion and good news in this world. And those who are like trying to control are going, no, 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 no. So all this is happening right here. But if you are brokenhearted, if you're a refugee, been cast out by the political powers, if you're poor, if you're oppressed, if you're downtrodden, if you are poor in spirit, then the resurrection of Jesus for you is going to be very good news. It's going to be the news that you need. It's going to be the news that your heart and your soul has been longing for and aching for. This is news, my friends. This is the news. So on your cards, my friends, this is the big question. And for those of you listening online, if you can imagine a red card, a green card, and a yellow card, which one of those cards is you? Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. Something about this world is radically different. It is not the way that power suggests that it's supposed to be. It's the way that God's kingdom suggests it's supposed to be. That all of you are created in the image of God. That you're all equal. That you're all children. That injustice does not have the final word. That justice has the final word. That hope and love and redemption and compassion and mercy, caring for the poor and the sick and the refugee, those who have been, you know, set aside by the systems and the powers that exist in this world, those people have a full and complete place at the table. That there is an equal ground as we say at the foot of the cross. I know some people that might be listening to this, nobody here necessarily, that when they hear this, they might not think that's good because the religious power, the religious system, or the thing that has so captivated and controlled and made sense to their lives and caused them to think about other people in this world, that is going to have to go away as a result of this news. So for them, this might not be very good news. But here's the problem. I have an announcement, people. It happened. So what are we going to do? I hope you enjoy this series as we dive deeper and deeper and deeper into what this news is and how it transforms all of us and how we live. I hope it also informs whatever angst struggle, frustration, whatever you might happen to be in, in your context, whether that be a conservative or a liberal context, whether that be a, a progressive or a denominational or whatever context you are, I hope all of this, this is an announcement, people. And then you go, oh, well, as a result of that announcement, something's got to change or something, something is, is different. So I hope we have a good time and I hope you join us for the rest of it. God, thank you for announcing to us some amazing news. Help us over the next couple weeks to dig deep into what this news is and what it means to us and how it can transform us individually, us communally, and us, this world. Because of this event, this breaking news event that happened in this world. Help us to know it, embrace it, 
Believe it, trust it, and live it to its full. And I pray in your name. Amen.